Hi, my name is Shelley Flett and I'm a transformational leadership trainer and executive coach. I'm also your dynamic leader host. This year, we're talking about the paradox of leadership and what it looks like to be strong and to be kind. We're exploring what it feels like to be confident and to be humble, as well as uncovering how the dynamics are shifting in the workplace. If you'd like to know more about your own leadership approach, please visit shellyflett.com and check out the services page. I hope you enjoy today's conversation. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another Dynamic Leader Conversation. This year, I feel like there's been a quite a big um, focus and theme around well-being and so uh, I think it's a really important topic that we continue to talk about and so I'm bringing the topic back on to another conversation. Today I am speaking with the amazing Morella Petrucci. Um, by day she's a team leader with a within a healthcare organization but outside of that she is a wellness coach, a vocalist, a hands-on energy healing practitioner and a sound healing practitioner. She has her own podcast as well uh, called Well Worth It. Um, and it's a really good uh, reconnecting kind of uh, listen if you're up for something that is um, very focused on well-being. Morella, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. So uh, when we talk about well-being and, you know, being able to juggle, you work during the day and you fit this well-being stuff in around that how does that work look i'm very passionate about health and wellness and you know for me it's been a journey you know i've been on my own journey i was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in 2015 so it's been um, an interesting thing to navigate and for me i've learned that you know health is a priority especially for me i think health is wealth and um, we need to be prioritizing this and so for me i you know i'm fortunate to work for an amazing not-for-profit organization who is flexible um, and i have an amazing manager and team and so i'm able to have these conversations with my manager and you know really talk about the flexibility that i need in order to um, do the things that I'd like to do in my in my day because I truly believe it is showing up every single day and doing you know these little things to help um, us in terms of our health and wellness and so yeah it's been an amazing journey and I'm looking forward to sharing more about that through this conversation. Yeah, so tell us. So I assume that life post diagnosis and pre diagnosis were quite different. I'd love to hear you know, who was the Morella pre. Would you just say 2015? 20... Yeah, 2015. Yeah. Yeah. So what was your approach to to work and and well-being before you were diagnosed? Yeah, really great question. So before I was diagnosed, I thought I was a healthy individual. And even though I was experiencing a lot of symptoms, so I was experiencing symptoms like headaches and um, uh, I was feeling like cramps and um just um feeling tired and there was so many different symptoms that i was experiencing but i didn't really think that there was an issue so for me i was just doing what i thought was you know a healthy lifestyle even though um, looking back now i consider a lot of the things i was doing that weren't really a healthy lifestyle so for example eating a lot of processed foods and um that, that sort of thing and um, you know, I saw other people and, you know, the health scares and health challenges that they had gone through and I never thought it would happen to me. And so, yeah, my life did look very differently. And from a work perspective, 
um, you know, that did show in terms of sick leave. There was a lot of times where I felt exhausted and, you know, I just couldn't get out of bed, even though I wanted to get up and go to work. And, you know, I really love the organization I work for. And I felt guilty taking a sick leave day, but it was, you know, I really had to honor myself and really had to take that time off in order to, you know, get well and then keep on going and, you know, show up to be the best um, employer that I could actually be. So, you know, it was a um, an interesting time. I actually had my manager, Gavin Thompson, um, on, my, on my podcast actually have that discussion about his recollection of the time where he came into that organization because, you know, he stepped in and I was, um, yeah, I was, you know, obviously doing my role really well. And, um, you know, he, I was a, a well-respected employee across the organization, which I'm grateful for, but there was, you know, this huge amount of sick leave that was happening. And because I didn't receive diagnosis, I hadn't, didn't have it then. It was a bit of a puzzle as to work out, you know, what was actually going on. And I think, you know, from his perspective and hearing his um, journey with that, it was interesting to hear that, you know, by, um, asking a lot of questions and trying to work out, you know, what actually was going on did actually help the situation because I think if he didn't do that, um, it would have been a very different outcome. But, you know, then looking at, you know, when I was actually diagnosed and, you know, having, um, I woke up one morning, I'll, I'll share a bit about the actual diagnosis. I woke up one morning and I had blurry vision in my eyes and I wasn't able to see properly out of my eye and um, I didn't know what was going on. And so, you know, that led to an array of medical appointments and, um, you know, investigating what was actually going on. And so then that led to a diagnosis of optic neuritis, which is inflammation of the optic nerve. And then that led to uh, other um, appointments, which was an MRI appointment. And then that led to a diagnosis of multiple sclerosis. And it was at that point that, you know, um, you know, there was a bit of um, understanding of actually, oh, okay, there was an underlying root cause that was actually causing all these symptoms that I was experiencing. And, you know, it actually made sense that, um, you know, I was actually going down a path of that diagnosis. And so at that point, you know, when I was actually diagnosed, it actually took me about two years to really understand what managing my MS meant. And, um, you know, that meant, you know, going to so many different medical appointments, um, you know, the whole experience was a traumatic experience for me, um, you know, and even trying to navigate that from a work perspective. Um, I had spoken to my manager at the time, uh, manager at that time and said to him, you know, I received the diagnosis, but it was something that I didn't feel comfortable sharing openly. So it actually took me about five years to be able to speak about my diagnosis. So. Um, you know, making that decision to speak to him and share that with him, you know, I decided to do that in order to help me navigate the path forward because obviously I wanted to progress in my career, but at the same time I was experiencing all these symptoms and then I had the mental exhaustion of, you know, taking this new medication and going to all these different appointments. So it was a very different, yeah, very different life. I felt like my life was turned upside down. Um, and it was really difficult to navigate that. Um, but I do, I'm very, very grateful for the support that I had, um, especially within the organization and with my manager. And yeah, so that's a little bit about, there's so much I could share, but there's a little bit about um, my experience and what I sort of, yeah, took from that, those times. Yeah. It's so common to hear that we try to sort of think our way through 
problems we we tell ourselves no you're fine get up go just do it and I think there's a benefit to doing that I also think it's really interesting how far we will push ourselves and how much pain and discomfort we will go through before we finally go actually I can't think my way out of this I need to do something about it um and that yeah, I'm keen to hear about that, the mental versus the physical, because your body won. It was like, all right, well, you're not going to listen to any other, uh, you know, symptoms or messages. So we're going to, we're going to blur your vision. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think, um, you know, that, you know, the, one of the episodes that I share, I talk about the body's language and that was my body, you know, communicating with me and I wasn't listening. So, I think it is important for anyone who is experiencing any symptoms to really listen to that and go, actually, what's going on here? And, you know, it is a way of um, determining that, you know, there may be an imbalance in the body. And, you know, it has led me, my diagnosis has led me down a different path. And, um, you know, I've, I've been able and fortunate enough to go down a different path. And, you know, you spoke about um yeah just waking up and um going oh you know i actually can't get to work today and really listening to that there was one time where uh, i actually approached my manager and i said to him look i am experiencing a lot of stress um mental exhaustion and i was working with a naturopath at the time and she suggested um, practicing yoga and at that at that point in time I was more of a kickboxing kind of girl and I was not interested in yoga at all so I was very resistant to it but you know I, I went into him and I said to him um, I'm experiencing this stress and um, I think I need to take some time off work because I need to work out you know how to reduce my stress levels and you know he said that's good and well you're welcome to take some time off however what are you going to do after that and I'm so grateful he said that to me because I actually went home that day and I sat down and got a pen and paper out and actually wrote down what changes I needed to make in order to assist me with the path forward. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, some of those things was, you know, um, reducing my hours at work, um, starting yoga to try and reduce my stress levels. And there was some other the other option, but I can't remember what it was. But there were th- it was things that I wasn't really comfortable with because I had worked full time for such a long time that, you know, it got to a point where I'm like, actually, I actually need to make a change. And, you know, even by just doing that process, going home and doing that, um, I felt such, you know, a relief of pressure on myself within like the afternoon and I was back at work the next day and, you know, I had worked out what I was going to do moving forward. So, um, yeah, I think it's really important to listen to your body and, you know, it may be challenging at times to, actually make those decisions but it is all about making choices and we you know the choice is ours and we can continue to show up every single day unwell but it's actually not going to benefit you or anyone around you so it's really important to um, make those changes to to make yourself feel well Mm, it's so true Uh, i am a huge fan of you know being in my head and have learned a lot over the years about you know connecting in with my body and what what is happening and um i've recognized now i actually recognize the early signs of unhealthy stress um and it all starts in my gut which is interesting so um it's that you know i I get a bit i go okay what have i eaten is it something dietary no my diet's been consistent it's been good okay now we're talking about 
do I need to slow down and and take that time? And I think reflection and taking time to continually reflect um, and building that into you know part of your routine or rhythm or or whatever. Um, how often do you take that time now to to be conscious about reflecting? Oh, look, I think that's such an important process and um, it's so great to hear that you actually do that because a lot of people don't. So for me, it is a daily, it's a daily check-in, you know, checking in, like, as I said, one, one of the, I did mention some of the symptoms, but one of them was also bloating and gas and that sort of thing. So it is also in the gut where there could be an imbalance. So yeah, daily, checking in daily and also um, recognizing that, you know, the importance of food and what you're actually consuming and what you're drinking and all these little things make a huge difference. And so it is a daily checking and I really um, urge anyone to, to actually check in and reflect on a daily basis because, you know, I think it's, it's one of those things, I think we're not generally educated about, you know, checking in with our health. Um, it's, you know, when we live in a society that, you know, it is a lot of go, go, go and just continue on to the next thing. but you really need to slow down and take that time and really reflect no matter what your situation is you know we've all got different things that could be uh holding us back back to do that but even simply even taking like one or two minutes in the morning just before you even get out of bed or check your phone or your emails you know just checking in and going okay how am i feeling today you know just you know working with the mindset and checking in with the body and how's it feeling did i have enough sleep did i get my seven to eight hours did i stop looking at my screens just before i went to bed um did i stop you know eating three hours before bed did i stop drinking two hours before bed you know asking these questions in order to set us up set us up in order to show up the next day in the way that you want to show up not only for yourself but for your family and those around you so um, you know, and that flows on into the workplace as well. So, yeah, mm. it's very, very important. As a leader, what practices do you encourage with your team? I encourage my team. So I'm currently on long service leave and um, it's just been such a beautiful journey. It's just to take that, you know, that time to reflect and look at, you know, what um, the path forward is. But when I was um, working and, you know, working with the team, I would check in with them every single day and say, you know, check in how they're doing um, and just have a general conversation firstly. But I also encourage, you know, taking some walks and taking some breaks throughout the day because I think sometimes you can get so involved in your work and you know there's deadlines to meet but it is so important to take that 20 minute walk even if it is you know just walking around the house or you know going around the block or whatever it is um even if it's a 10 minute walk just getting some fresh air makes a huge difference and also you know obviously stretching the body and moving the body like you want to be oxygenating your cells and um you know sometimes we get a bit of a um, you know, a little bit of a, a downfall on, you know, towards the middle of the afternoon where we've come back, we've had some lunch and we're like, oh, I really don't have the energy to keep on going. Like just going for a walk actually will give you that energy and will give you some, a fresh mindset to continue going and um, make, it makes a huge difference. Um, they're two of the main things, but I think just having general conversations, I think, you know, obviously now a lot of people are, are working from home and, um, it is a different 
landscape from you know when before the pandemic you know we were working in the office and we had that social interaction um whereas now you know it is making a comfort a, a um, conscious effort with um, my team to actually check in and say hi how you doing this is what we've got on for the day how you feeling about it is there anything you need support with any any guidance or anything like that or even talking about you know um you know i'll have limited capacity uh, uh, limited capacity here but you know if you need to contact me we can chat here if there's any issues or anything like that so just basically checking in but i think a, a walk is the huge one yeah yeah absolutely with um even just taking you know i talk to so many leaders and i'm like are you having lunch every day just you know basic human needs to feed yourself uh, and you know it's surprising disturbing um kind of saddening to hear that a lot of leaders aren't even taking the time to have lunch and a lot of that comes because of this uh, desire to please this desire to say yes to everything and then becoming overloaded and overwhelmed by all the stuff how do you how do you deal with that knowing that you know you, you actually probably don't have the luxury of being able to make yourself better later you know it's that you have to make the decision how do you say no to things how do you manage expectations and put in place boundaries to allow yourself that space yeah that's a really good point i guess um one of the things i've learned with being a leader is through your um leadership development program Shelley so um a lot of that is um scheduling scheduling time to actually do it so it, even if that means scheduling half an hour for your lunch break and you know I think that's um an important topic to bring up because you know for me I know that I make sure that I have my lunch and I um, make sure that I prepare, prepare it the day before if I know I'm going to have a busy day. But actually scheduling it in, um, I think even with when it comes to health and wellness, you know, I look at it this way. I think if you have an appointment or if you have a dental appointment or whatever it is, if you have a meeting, you schedule it in, right? And you make sure that you show up for that. So I think it's important to actually do that for these you know, things that are actually going to support our health and wellness as well, actually scheduling that time in, like I said, for your lunch break, for your walk. Um, and so then you know that that time is set for that. And also, um, you know, speaking to your manager about flex flexibility, I know for myself, I prefer to go for a longer walk during the day. So I do take a longer walk during the day and then I will work a little bit, uh, a little bit later or I'll start a bit earlier. Um, so just working with a bit of flexibility if you have that ability within your organisation or workplace. Mm. Uh, and what about saying no to things where, you know, because it's easy to say even for our leaders to say yes to things and then just kind of allow it to filter down. Um, but I think if we don't start to say, hang on a sec, I think we've got to pause or backtrack a little bit or just slow slow down if we don't say that to our leaders there's no reason why they can't just continue to say yes how do you go with saying no 
Look, that's been a challenge, um, I must admit, but um, knowing what I know now, it is so important to say no. And, you know, when saying no, it's also looking at what other options are there. So it's not just saying no and not, I'm just not going to do that. Or it's looking at, you know, okay, well, no, I can't actually do that at that point in time. However, I could do this at this point in time. And so I think it's very important to um, learn and have those boundaries because it does impact um, your health um, in a in a certain way as well because if you continue to continue to say yes um, you know it can lead to burnout like you said and so um, you know we've all been in that position where we feel exhausted and um, you know we're not we're not um, actually being proactive and we're not actually um, doing what we do at a, a great capacity so um, yeah it's very important to be able to say no even though it can be challenging but it takes practice i think anything with anything it's um practice and it's about taking it step by step and um you know learning through that process and journey in in the process so yeah yeah and you mentioned um that it took you five years to kind of share your diagnosis and be open and talk about that what have you noticed has shifted since you have become okay with talking about it oh there's been so much that has shifted look i believe that healing isn't linear and so i also I, I always say that even though it took me five years you know there were challenges with that um in itself because i'm such an honest person and i um i felt guilty not sharing it with others but i also um at that point in time i really felt like um, I needed to honor myself and really needed to just navigate in whatever way it was in order for me to show up in the right way. Um, but I feel like once I actually shared my diagnosis, I realized, you know, there was actually so much support around me and, you know, I was in my own head and I didn't want to feel pitied or didn't want to feel judged. I didn't want to be treated differently. And so instead of that, I actually had so much support and understanding, which I really was really grateful for. But also, it also relieved a lot of pressure for myself. And I was able to, you know, really let go of that. You know, there was so much energy held up in that, that I was in my own mind that I actually let go of it and thought, okay, well, you know, this is what, this is what it is. This is what I'm dealing with. And I was able to move forward and then focus on other things. And so there was so many other things that, um have so many other things I, I should say and opportunities that have risen from that which is you know really beautiful but i i just want to say that it does take a lot of courage in order to share this and whatever you're going through sometimes and i just want to acknowledge that and um, it is important to have these conversations and open conversations and especially in leadership roles or within your workplace and organization because i know there are many people who um, actually struggle with it, this and actually don't choose to share because of the implications that it could have on their job. So I think this is so important. I'm so grateful to have this conversation with you, Shelley, and bring light to this information. Yeah, for sure. Um, I remember, and this is, you know, more about sharing than about circumstances, but um, being able to talk to my manager at the time about my struggle to fall pregnant and, um, you know, what it was that I, where I was at mentally and what that meant just, and I didn't need my manager to do anything, but it was just so nice to know, but I had a really good relationship with her and, uh, and she was just so accepting and there was no judgment. 
I, I don't think I would do that with just any leader. Um, what do you, what do you think, you know, what, what did you need from your leader to be able to, to share that information, particularly because when you first told your manager, you, you weren't open about it. You didn't share that with the world. What did you need to feel safe enough to be able to share that with him? Mm, firstly, I just want to say thank you for sharing that because I think, you know, it is being vulnerable when you're actually sharing what you're going through and it takes a lot of courage. So um, for me, I needed to feel safe in order to be able to share that. I needed to be able to trust my manager and um, I needed some um understanding just uh i needed someone to be able to ask me questions in order to help me navigate the path forward and i think that was so important and for me i was i'm so grateful to have such a supportive manager and you know he was able to have these conversations with me even though you know he was from his perspective you know there was no judgment there he was just there to support and help me navigate um, the path forward i think you know if i hadn't shared it with him it would have been really difficult for me to navigate my appointments and navigate, you know, what I was going through. So I think trust is a, a huge one. Um, and, you know, obviously that's through building relationships. And I feel like um, having open and honest conversations as well. I'm huge on that as well. Yeah. And being okay with if I create the space and the opportunity that whatever comes up is okay to come up and that as a leader, I don't need to be able to solve people's problems, do I? That's exactly right. So, so true. It's, um, yeah, it's not about solving problems. It's about, you know, offering options and, um, you know, there's so many things within my organisation that I work for that, you know, there's ability to access. And I think, you know, offering those options rather than a solution is um, a great way to navigate forward. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So tell us a little bit about the work that you're doing outside of your day job, if I can call it that. Yeah, <laughs> Tell sure. us about some of your healing work. Yeah, sure. Thanks for asking. So within, uh, I think it was, oh, I don't know how many years it was within my journey. So I started to look at, you know, yoga to activate the parasympathetic nervous system. And I came across sound healing and I had never heard of sound healing before and you know you mentioned that i'm a vocalist so i have a background in singing so i instantly resonated with it and i was like oh what is this what's actually happening to my body um and so that led me to want to learn more about sound healing so i ended up enrolling myself into a level one certificate and i was just planning on doing it for myself because i love to learn and grow and so it was through that journey that, you know, I was like, wow, this is actually so powerful. And I learned so much about the human body. You know, the human body is made up of, up of approximately 90% of water and sound travels five times faster through water than in air. So I like to give the example that if you envision a glass of water placed near a speaker, you can actually see the vibrations in the water and it has that ripple effect. So do you, have you seen that before? Yeah. Yeah. So that's actually what happens to the human body when we use sound as a healing instrument. And you can use specific sacred sound instruments, which are tuned to specific frequencies. And you can also use your voice. So I'm very passionate about, you know, teaching others how to use their own voice in order to activate that deep relaxation response. And, you know, we're connecting with our vagus nerve, which is connected from the, the top of our, um, our brainstem all the way to our colon. And so it's about stimulating that and activating that 
deeply relaxed state in our body because I truly believe that you know we can experience so much stress especially in a workplace and to be able to use your own voice by simply humming or you know using breath work or um, even listening to healing sounds is such an amazing tool to have so yeah it's taken me down this journey where you know i did that certificate and then um, that led me to raise funds for ms research so i started offering it in group events and you know everyone that was leaving these events were were like wow i feel amazing or they had a lot of um shifts in the body and so i was actually witnessing how powerful it actually was and so then that then led me to enroll into a practitioner training to work one-on-one with people i had a dear friend that said to me you know do you do one-on-one sessions and i said no i wasn't planning on sharing this with anybody i was just learning for myself and so i ended up doing this um course which was a solna practitioner course which is sound healing and energy therapy course where i work one-on-one with people and so then when i became a practitioner i then ended up offering other group events and you know working one-on-one with people and it just started flowing in this really beautiful way and it was something that you know i hadn't planned to do but i was you know in this space and i am in this space where i feel so grateful to be able to share the gift of sound and also my voice um, and also share my experience in order to help others through their journeys and teach them how to use their own voice in order to yeah to heal yeah for sure I have been listening to um, binaural beats for years um, and without any kind of understanding really and um, just kind of wanted to give something else a go and someone recommended it. I was like, oh, get on it Uh, and have used it with my kids who when they struggle to go to sleep. So um, I love the concept. I It does cause some concern when I think about, because I talk a lot about be careful about your inner voice and what you're saying to yourself. But then when I think about vibration and when we, you know, if we can hum our way to goodness, we can also talk our way to badness, right? And so, absolutely, you know, how often are we talking down about ourselves out loud to other people? So the inner dialogue actually is just one component of that. It's the outer dialogue that, I just had this moment just then where I was like, oh, that's almost amplifying, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so important. You know, the words that we use um, on a daily basis, um, who we surround ourselves with, the words they're using, our thoughts um, are very powerful. Um, it's, yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing to talk about. I, I, I love to talk about the law of attraction. So there is a um i think it's on there's there's a um something you can actually watch like a an episode i don't know if it's on netflix on or on gaia but it's about the law of attraction and there's also a book on it as well so you know it's about attracting um through vibration and you know how you show up and the words that you use and how that can actually impact um your world and um, I'm true. I'm big on that as well. I um, am very careful about the words I use and the content I, I consume and um, everything, really everything around me. I've stopped watching the news. Um, I didn't fight, feel like it was um, doing me any good. So I actually stopped that. And it's amazing how 
um, much better, I feel, and also the content that I consume, who I surround myself with, what I read, what I watch, how much social media I'm actually consuming. Yeah, um, yeah it's really important to be really aware of these things. But I, I, I really agree, Shelley. I think, you know, really paying attention to how you're speaking to yourself um, and to others, I think is a huge thing. And I also believe, you know, I, I like to treat others how I would like to be treated. So um, I try to show up every single day um, and, you know, with, with that mindset, it's about, you know, showing up in a beautiful way and treating others with kindness and respect as well. Oh, I love that. I think um, I think there's a step as well to consider in not just treating people the way that you want to be treated, but recognizing how you treat yourself and whether you actually want to be treating yourself the way you treat yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I always say, always, every time when I actually met my husband, I said to him, um, "You need to love yourself before you can love somebody else." So I think it's so important. You know, um, sometimes that is very difficult. And I've been in, you know, I've done many trainings where you actually stand in front of a mirror and, you know, you tell yourself that you love yourself, and it's a really odd feeling. But if you've never tried that before, it's you know a really um important step to take and it you know sometimes takes a lot of work because of the traumas that we've gone through but you know it's that inner inner child work and um it is you know showing up for yourself and a lot of self-love and self-care but also being kind to yourself because it does take you know baby steps to get to where you are and um it can be overwhelming and that's okay it's part of the process but you know, allowing yourself to feel those emotions and yeah, but if you've never actually looked in the mirror and told yourself that you love yourself, it is, it might be something that you could consider trying and seeing how it makes you feel. So if I'm standing in front of the mirror, am I saying, I love you, Shelly, or am I saying I love myself? Like, or does it not matter? Um, I'm actually not hundred percent sure. I think either one would be fine. Uh, I think when, when I do it, I'm just say, I love you. <laughs> because yeah. I'm looking at myself in the mirror. Um, yeah, it is It is an interesting, yeah, an interesting practice. Um, but it's also one that, you know, you are showing up and you're being present with yourself and really accepting yourself with everything, you know, that you're going through, regardless of what you're going through. And I think it's so important to love yourself. You know, sometimes it can be considered selfish um, to be able to do these things, um, to put yourself first. But I truly believe you need to be able to love yourself and put yourself per first and also your self-care, as I said, in order to show up every single day in the way that you would like to show up and also to impact those who are around you. And it is when we are showing up and we love ourselves and, it's in a non-selfish kind of way that we can then have our conversations with our leaders or the people around us to say, this is what I need. This is what I can do. This is what I'm not. And that we can embrace kindness in the process is all really nicely linked, isn't it? No, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You said it perfectly. <laughs> Marella, if um, someone wants to work with you, like what are what are your prerequisites? What do people need to be able to work with you from a sound healing or one of those healing perspectives? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Look, there's no prerequisites as such. Um, sound healing is a non-invasive experience. 
So, you know, I work with um, people one-on-one, uh, working group settings. I work um, within workplaces and the uh, wellbeing space as well, um, creating experiences for people to actually, you know, take some time out and, you know, using sound as part of that, as well as breath work and uh, meditation. Um, so, yeah, there's no necessarily, no prerequisites um, as such, but um yeah, if you're interested in sound healing, uh, feel free to reach out. I have my website, which has a lot more information. Um, if you're interested in and just keen to learn more about it, because, you know, it's not commonly known um, a lot of the time. So a lot of people are a bit unwary about it. And sometimes it is considered woo-woo, but there is a, a, so much scientific research behind it. And, you know, I always say um, I love I love the people to experience it because it's when you experience it, you actually feel the benefits and then you can actually understand how it can actually shift, um, you know, our energy in the body. So, um, yeah, I'd love to chat to anybody who is keen on learning more about it and how um, you could implement this in your workplace or your or even for your just your your wellness routine, really, because, you know, um, it's not something that, you know, you need to do every four to six weeks. It's more something that, you know, if you're feeling a particular way, if you're feeling like, for example, anxiety or stressed or depression, or if you're going through a challenging time, you know, it has the ability to assist with shifting that energy. And so, um, yeah, it could be in many different settings. A lot of people, you know, choose to do one-on-one, but a lot of people actually don't like that. Um, so, you know, there's also the group option as well. So, you know, and I get the opportunity to share this in many um, beautiful different settings. I work in uh, in different studios. I'm, I'm currently working um, out of a beautiful meditation center in Eltham where they offer um, the energy enhancement system. I'm not sure if you've heard of that, but it's a 24 unit system that creates an environment um, for healing. And so I'm actually um, offering monthly sessions in that space. And I also offer them in, as I said, in studios, beautiful yoga studios. And um, I can also um, create a, a, um, a beautiful space in whatever venue that you hire as well. So, yeah. Beautiful. That's so good. Um, and of course, there is uh, Morella's Well Worth It podcast. Um, and we'll include the link to that in the comments but Morella thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today it's been fabulous oh thank you so much for having me Shelley it has been an absolute pleasure and I've loved learning from you so much I love referring to your book the dynamic leader and I absolutely loved your development program so much that even when I was on long service leave I actually took the time out to come to the the last session because I wanted to learn from you so thank you so much for having me on the show Ah, so wonderful. Thank you. Um, and thank you, everybody, for listening. I look forward to another Dynamic Leader conversation with you all soon. Thanks so much for listening. If you got value this episode, check out my programs at shellyflett.com or reach out for a conversation at shelly at shellyflett.com. 